0: recording in progress. Got it. Cool, cool. So we're talking communication today,
1: right? Yeah, right. We are. And um, of course, I have a list of one, two, three, four, five points that I wanted to make today. Well, good. You can
0: lead the conversation. Then.
1: <laughs> well, I might just take off on that. Now, goodness gracious, I don't really have them in order, order. But Dun, dun, dun. Uh, da, da, da. i feel like i have been doing so much communication stuff because uh well getting ready to go on vacation you know you've got to finish writing up all you know, the bulletins and all the newsletter and all the you know the, the secretary sending me okay here's here are the uh, weekly emails the drafts of them that are going to go out for the next two weeks while you're gone and it's like okay I finally just said, you know, for my article for the two weeks that I'm gone, I'll just send you a picture periodically of me in California (laughs) waving to the congregation, you know, whatever. Hey, here I
0: am. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Uh, Yeah. It's like, it's like reminds me from like when I was a teacher, sometimes it's just harder to be gone. Cause you have to like leave all the stuff for the sub and then you got to grade it all when you get back. And it's just like more of a pain to leave than it is to just, I know. And I,
1: I often say that too, but I got to tell you on Thursday, when I realized I was like writing the last thing that I, other than my sermon for tomorrow, when I was Mm -hmm. writing the last thing that I needed to do, there was a a sense of euphoria. (laughs) (laughs) And because I because you know I'm not planning to take my laptop with me. Whoa. You know, I know a real I on vacation. Yep, not taking it and not not writing anything. I've got my phone if I need to respond to any kind of emergency thing. So nice. It's like that SNL skit, not gonna do it. Not, not gonna not do gonna it. do it. I know. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I figured the best way not to do it was just not to take my laptop with me. I always feel like
0: I'm taking such a huge risk when I don't bring my laptop with me somewhere. It's just like, well, what if I need it? What if I even just want to watch a show on Netflix? How will I do that (laughs) if I don't have my laptop with me? Oh my God, what am I doing with my life?
1: (laughs) Well, and with with me as a baby boomer, it's more like, what if I need to share a file with somebody that's (laughs) in my my Word documents? What if I need to share a PDF? I can't I access have? it on my phone.
0: Well you can, but that's Uh-oh, a long conversation. You,
1: you can. <laughs> oh no.
0: It's called the cloud. Cloud.
1: Oh darn it. I always forget about the cloud. <laughs> yep, it's a thing. It is a thing. Yeah. <sighs> I know my young council president, you know, always uses all that all that stuff. Oh, like, you know, mm-hmm. sent in Google document this and I'm like, Oh, I hope I can open it. <laughs> oh, darn. <laughs> I don't know if I can open this and then I
0: have to email them saying I can't open it.
1: I know. And now that's just like embarrassing. I know. You boomers yes. must
0: just live in a constant state of fear.
1: We do. It's <laughs> like, Oh, this is, this is some new thing. I don't know. I don't know. What is it? <laughs> Oh my God. A lot of that, <laughs> unfortunately, a lot of stuff is, is, um, is getting older, um, or no easier is what I meant to say. It's getting yeah. easier. So, you know, I'm sort of getting into the, how a lot of it's intuitive, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. It's like becoming a lot more around, intuitive. Click around enough. You're like, oh, there mm-hmm. it is. Okay. Okay. Instead of, so, you know, you got to push through the panic. I don't recognize this. I don't recognize this. And I think we
0: found our title for today's show (laughs) Communication. (laughs) push through the panic. Let me write that down and let me officially welcome all of you to the fifth episode of You're On Mute. It is so good to have you all here listening to us. We actually have people that are legitimately listening.
1: I episode know of- legitimately and like binge listening to all the episodes at one time. I'm like, oh man, all five so, of them. Oh It's huge.
0: Yeah, it has been a little bit since we released an episode. So uh, what's been going on with you, mom?
1: Oh, man. Well, I'm all excited because I'm going on my big vacation uh, for the year. So we're going out to California. California. No, how to party. Mm. So the good news about being older is yep. that well, yeah. you've got this issue already because you're just a great friend maker. But we um, we're going to be staying with friends out there, so that's always kind of nice, you know. Yeah, that'll be. They awesome. take care of your lodging and a number of your meals. <laughs> uh huh. Former parishioners as well. That's right. Former prisoners as well. And then um, while it's not quite on our way from Los Angeles to San Francisco, um, we are going to detour east four hours and go to Yosemite National Park. Um, It'll be so worth it. I know. I'm so looking forward to that. And we got, actually got, um, we actually got reservations to stay um, inside the park too. Amazing. I was, I was really surprised that we could get them, especially yeah. at such yeah. late notice, but Mm-hmm. You know, it's a different kind of a different world right now. It's technically after summer. So we'll see. And then just uh, we're just dealing, um, you know, here in the midlands of South Carolina, as I think, guess most of the country is with the COVID-19. And um, every, every week there's somebody else in our congregation who's unvaccinated, who's gotten it. Mm-hmm. Some of them get snipples and some of them are in the hospital. Yeah. And um yep. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. My area of Tennessee is one of the reddest spots Mm. in the entire country. Um, I think uh, our vaccination rate is like less than 30% or like right around 30%. That's less than us, which is surprising. Yeah. And so uh, there was a a recent article that came out that said pretty much countywide, there's less than 10 ICU beds available. Mm -hmm. um, in both adult ICUs and children's ICUs. So, um, it's, it's, it is pretty scary. We're seeing more and more kids get it. Um, uh, there's a you know, friends of mine that have their kids have it. And, you know, I know of a three-year-old that has COVID right now, and it's just pretty, pretty scary, pretty scary stuff. So, but, um, but yeah, so yeah. It has been a crazy, crazy few weeks, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, and because we want to talk today about communication, obviously, you know, in congregations and workplaces and schools, conversation and communication about what's going on with the pandemic is something that we're we're all doing that together um, Mm -hmm. in our our own ways, and it's something that we just have to keep talking about all the time. Um, Communication is a huge, huge issue in uh, congregations as well. Um, It's something that um, I guess, maybe, I I don't know, I feel especially attuned to it. Um, One of the things that I say is that you have to communicate on about seven different channels now because people communicate in different ways. And it's, this is one of those things where you really can't say, oh, yeah, well, it's actually always been that way. No, it hasn't. And there were like two ways. Um, you either telephone somebody or you talk to them face to face. That was pretty mm-hmm. much it. Right. And right. Um, so I'd love for us to talk some about that. Um, and um, just in general, you know, why is it that in congregations, people always c- complain that, communications are not good or nobody knows what's going on you know that's a that's a famous line to throw out Mm -hmm. um and and then you know kind of the communication that is basically pastoral care and what does that look like yeah and and communication as conflict management dun 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 dun. and communication as doing what I feel is like the number one job that I have right now, which is lowering the anxiety in the system
0: mm-hmm. and
1: um, as well as the depression, you know, so we always wonder, you know, what can we do? How can we help people? I mean, I think mm-hmm. communication in many ways, communi- well, let me say communication done well is like bringing the tuna casserole over to somebody. I mean, Mm-hmm. it's really really helpful but one of the things that um, before we get into all that that I wanted to say thank you and acknowledge that um, musician friend Malachi Doran is the one who wrote our intro music which you will um, hear for the first time in this episode so mm-hmm. uh, shout out to Malachi for doing that for us we really appreciate it thanks um, Malachi he, Thanks, yeah and he calls it Jazzy Shimmers Jazzy Shimmers <laughs> It
0: feels like a very NPR like intro music,
1: you know? Yeah. Well, okay, we'll, we'll we'll toss that on the baby boomers, even though he's not one.
0: Um, well, NPR has struck my generation pretty hard. I remember when I started listening to it voluntarily, and <laughs> I and I as opposed I, to trapped in the car with your
1: parents. Yes, <laughs> and I thought
0: to myself, Oh my god, I'm an adult. <laughs> I you enjoy, know you're an adult when you enjoy NPR when you're like, yes, Prairie Home Companion. Mm, let's do it. I know. Let's do it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, I, That's true. I
1: it is, you're I right. Know. It is kind of NPR-ish. Yes. Well, I th- so and li- I think so. Listeners, let us know what you think. <laughs> let us know well, what you man, think. About. Don't worry about it. Yeah, actually we don't care. Uh
0: cause right. we're gonna play it. We're gonna play it anyway.
1: Nevertheless. Jazzy shimmers coming your way. I, I know Elise and I can share a number of stories about um, communications that have gone well, gone wrong. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, one of the things that um, that I, I would like to just kind of lead with is what I stated earlier, which is the number of channels that your person um, who's in charge of communication <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, which in congregations is pastors, mostly, um, you know, that you have to do. And mm-hmm. let's just say it's hard enough trying to communicate on a couple of channels and doing seven or eight is really, really tough. And, and by channels, I mean, things like um, obviously face to face communication is there. But, you know, if you've got a congregation of 700 people, face to face is pretty tough with everybody. And All it's like, a, it's like
0: a, it's like a game of telephone, you know, the,
1: mm-hmm. the, the
0: initial message is, Hey, we're just having one service at 10 o'clock next week, instead of our normal three. And then by the time it makes it to person 20, it's, we're only having one service a month. And it's just
1: like, <laughs> yeah. mm,
0: no, well, one no. of
1: the, but one of the ways that, um, that I've discovered over the last probably 20 years that I've been using this is the. Uh, dial my calls service. And if you don't know what that is, I mean, it's a it's a platform that allows you to, depending on um, how much you spend for it. I mean, we don't pay much money at all. It's a fairly cheap service for what you get back. We can, we've we got 200 uh, phone numbers of our folks inputted. As long as you've got a phone of some kind, it can be a landline, it can be um, a cell phone, um, you will hear this call. And, um, and so that's awesome. So unless you're a person that's like literally with Alzheimer's in a nursing home bed, you're going to hear this because Mm -hmm. everybody has some kind of phone. Um, And so uh, that's a wonderful way. Even if you've got a thousand member congregation to get the word out about anything, like we've changed our service times or something like that, or this or that has happened Um, but I've also discovered what a wonderful pastoral care resource it is. And, um, you know, it's not meant to be just for me, at least it's not meant to be just newsy, like, Hey, everybody remember the fish fry that we're having on Saturday night? Hope to see you there. Yeah. You can do a little bit of that. But if part of what we also do is to express the fact that, you know, your congregation your pastor cares about you i'm talking to you now there's a mm-hmm. lot of people feel like it's a personal call to them in fact i've had some older people who say yeah i actually talk back to the uh, to the phone call you know they'll say things like thank you pastor thank you for calling me okay i'll see you sunday you know they, they like tell me that they that they talk like that so,
0: they really, I, I'm, you know, I'm it, trapped. I'm trapped between feeling like that's very sweet. And that's very scary all at the same time. But yeah, right. No, it's cute. Or the
1: woman or the woman is a few months ago when I had because uh, I try to call like, um, like today is Saturday and I, I call this morning or I'll call on a Friday. I also want to have something to say. Right. Um, so I did that, too. But this one woman, I, I, I don't know, I guess I forgot to do the robocall at the end of the week. And, and I had realized it. And I said, well, to myself, well, I'll just do it Sunday after church. This woman comes up to me and she said, did you do the robocall this week? I said, no, Susie, I'm sorry, I forgot. Um, but I'm but I'm going to do it after church. Day. She's like, "Shoo!" she said, I thought my phone was broken. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah oh my
0: gosh so at trinity we do whoever's preaching is in charge of doing the thursday robocall. call we do a, an email and a call and some people can sign up to get a text version but it's usually too long but um mm-hmm. so if if we don't send it if people aren't getting it by thursday afternoon we start getting phone calls and text messages like where's the robocall? call you didn't send the robocall." we look forward to the robocall. Why haven't you sent it yet? And um, you know, it's funny. I have a big post-it note on my desk that says, don't forget the voice message. <laughs> because, oh yeah. I write it down for myself too. Robocall. Oh yeah. Robocall. Do the robocall. Cause we use one call now. That's the system we use at Trinity and it works really nicely. Cause you can basically, you know, pastor Stan, or I will type out the message for that week, email it to our admin she'll plug it into one call, but then we also have the one call app on our phones where we can directly do the voice messages and it gets sent out. And so, um, Uh you know, the, even Stan and I have had panicked, you know, text messages between each other where I'm like, Stan, you're preaching this week. Have you done the, have you done the call yet? And he's, it's, you know, Thursday at five o'clock. He's like, oh my gosh, I haven't done it. I'll do it right now. <laughs> it gets on there Cause there just always seems to be this like, you know, influx of, of panic when we don't do the robo call, even if it's just like, Hey, y'all remember services are Sunday and we've got Woo-hoo, first communion, yeah, got, got first communion next week, you know, we basically end up uh, rewriting or something, you know, a simpler version of the announcements that are in the bulletin mm-hmm. for that coming Sunday. But, um, but yeah, and so it's, yeah, uh, it's, it's also, funny.
1: It's also a great way, you know, you can also incorporate, you know, a short prayer for people, you know, about something or just saying words of encouragement.
0: Um, mm-hmm. especially
1: during this time. So yeah, I mean, one of the, one of the things that's amazing about it, you know, die my calls or what's yours called again? One call now. One call now and the probably other services too. You mm-hmm. literally can reach almost everybody at the same yeah. time. <laughs> I know, you know it's because, pretty crazy. Because as we know, not everybody um, has a computer, more mm-hmm. access to email or those other ways that we are getting really, really used to communicating with people, you know, we're still sending hard copies of newsletters out, even though we email them to most people. I know a lot of us Mm -hmm. are doing that. Yeah, but kind of that, you know, and then some people only seem to find out stuff on Facebook. So, you know, you've got you've got that. And it really is just multiple, multiple channels. Um, And, you know, I know, some folks might be using Twitter, I don't. And, you know, actually, the one reason I, I remember the day that I decided that I needed to have a Facebook account because I had not really gotten into that. And this mm-hmm. is probably, I don't know, even eight, maybe 15 years ago. And I heard um, somebody talking about the fact that a woman in our congregation who already had three kids was expecting a fourth. And I was like, really? How do you, you know, like, how do you know that? Well, she put it on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, well, you know, if this, if this is how yeah. people are communicating with each other about important things like that,
0: I know then, it's pretty crazy.
1: Yeah. Then, then I want, then I want to do that. Um, oh, one yeah. That
0: is, yeah, it's like a, it's like a public bulletin board now, you know, where you're putting up flyers for events, you're putting up personal announcements, you're putting up these things. I mean, I, I think I was, uh, if, if my generation isn't called millennials, we could probably be called the social media generation. Um, cause those uh-huh. of us who are early millennials, um, we remember the days when you had to have a college email address to get on Facebook. Like I remember, uh, um, oh yeah. Cause it was started as a social network for college students. And so, um, and so the, uh, The system was you had to have a college email to to get in, uh, you know, a dot edu to to create your account. And so the class above me was really the first class. And I graduated high school in 2005. And so the class of 04, I remember, you know, all the seniors in the cafeteria talking about like, oh, I finally got my my college email. So I'm on Facebook now. And, you know, they'd kind of tease us like, ha ha, you still can't get one, you know, kind of things. So it was like the new thing. Um, and uh, MySpace was something that everyone oh, yeah. could get, but I didn't, my space wasn't big in Evanston or Chicago where I was. But I remember when I went to Florida state, MySpace was huge in Florida. So like all of my new college friends, when I got down to Tallahassee, they all had a MySpace, like since they were, you know, freshmen in high school. And, um, so I remember making a MySpace in college, but I never really understood it. <laughs> and then, and then that kind of faded away. But I remember, cause I got, or I got accepted early to Florida state, like in October of my senior year. So I was one of the first people to get, um, my, I think, I think it was I think my college email was iea05c at fsu.edu. Yeah, that sounds
1: familiar. Yep,
0: yeah. and uh, and so I um I got my college, and I I mean I remember what my first profile picture was. I remember like how the the wall used to look, and all that. It's not really called a wall anymore. It's called a feed, but um, but yeah. So we were we were really one of the first, uh, groups kind of that 1985, 1986 babies, um, to really dive in headfirst into social media. So it's, um, it's, it's literally something that I've been navigating my entire adult life.
1: Uh, I know so it's amazing. It's pretty it's amazing. Fascinating. So, yeah. And so, um, you know, for my, for my boomer colleagues, you know, I would say, um, you know, I hear a number of us kind of pushing that stuff away or, or folks, you know, especially on the upper end of boomers who are, you know, already retired and, and all that kind of stuff like, well, I just, I don't know what that is. And I don't, I don't do Facebook. I don't do this or that. And, mm-hmm. and I just kind of say, I don't know if I would do it personally either. If um, I mean, I also did it so I could keep up with you and your sister a little bit too, mm-hmm. because you would post stuff on there that, you know, just good to know. Mm-hmm. But I said, you know, just, just in my work life, I feel like I have to, to have these things to keep up. Um, but yeah. I, yeah. And, you know, you and I've talked recently, at least too, about how some of the dangers of Facebook mm-hmm. um, and how it can, um, it can give a false impression of who you are um You know, and I think that that the boomer generation and above doesn't I don't know, doesn't quite understand what how people use Facebook, that they don't use it to put everything about their life on there. So, mm-hmm. if, yeah, I mean, I mean, I feel like I put um, I frequently put pictures of myself um, doing something like hiking or you know, riding my bike. And if you looked at my, at my Facebook post, you would think that that's all I do. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, like, Oh, she never posts a picture of herself at church. Is she just always out and about? No, Uh I am mostly, (laughs) you are mostly
0: at church. (laughs) I am mostly
1: working and so, um, that can be, that can be a real problem. Or if you're Mm -hmm. always posting pictures of yourself at the dog park, it looks like you live there. Right. Um, Yeah. I mean,
0: there's, it's, it's funny too, because even, even though like my age group of folks kind of like the mid to late eighties, even though we were kind of the first generation to really dive into social media, we've also kind of started to pull back from social Mm -hmm. media. Mm -hmm. I think, I think we, there was definitely a honeymoon phase of, of social media where it's like, oh man, I can keep track of all my friends and, and I can do this and I can do that. And I can share this and share that. And, and then, and now, you know, it's become such a necessary thread in our society or we've made it to be a necessary Mm -hmm. thread, but I'm meeting more and more people my age that don't have a Facebook don't have an Instagram, you know, and, and my first thought is, Oh God, good for you. I, I, there's a part of me, there's a part of me that wishes I don't have it either. Um, and, and it usually happens when you get burned by it. I mean, it, it, there's studies now about like the, um, you know the, the social media representation of people and how false it really is. How it it paints such a small picture of your life. But if that's mm-hmm. all other people are seeing, especially if like it's it's people that you don't communicate much with face to face, it can be really damaging because perceptions. Are people's realities a lot of times. Right. So like, like you were saying, you know, if, if people are only seeing pictures of the dog park or the latest craft or, you know, whatever they're like, well, how, how in the world is she doing anything else? Um, you know, if that's all that's on there. And so it, it really can, it, it's an, it's an incredible tool if we use it correctly. And it's mm-hmm. so dangerous if we don't, and we've definitely seen that in like the Trump era mm-hmm. of American politics and, and American social, you know, communication, the amount of cyber bullying that happens now, the amount of just like false information that gets spread. So much of that starts on platforms like Facebook.
1: Mm-hmm. And,
0: and so it's It's one of those things where we've now created this trap for ourselves where we have to now almost over communicate for to make up for the amount we're communicating. Yeah, misperceptions
1: and all that. Do you think that do you think that one of the reasons that your generation is pulling back is because as really kind of mature people, mature people in the workforce now is proven not to always be such a good thing? Is that, do you think that's one of the reasons? You mean like we're running away from boomers? Oh, well, yeah. That kind of sounded like
0: what the question was. I mean, a little bit, right? But I also think there's this realization of how much of, our lives are are on there. I mean, I, I almost feel bad for all the kids being born these days because, you know, my generation, the the more embarrassing pictures are hidden in the family photo album in the guest room closet. But (laughs) now every single picture from these kids childhood is on the internet and nothing goes away on the internet. Nothing is ever fully deleted. And so you know, I, I kind of laugh when I see these like silly pictures of, of my friend's kids and I'm like, oh, they're going to hate that when, when they get older, you know, they're going to hate that, that, you know, little naked picture of them sitting in a, <laughs> sitting in a mud puddle, you know, is, is going to make it onto the internet, you know, when they're trying to get into college or whatever. But, um, but yeah, I do think there is, there is kind of this realization of, um, Oh gosh. Like, yeah. I mean, I think, I think we are seeing, like, I know a lot of people, my age and younger have moved away from Facebook. Mm -hmm. Um, when I, when I was teaching high school in Atlanta, um, I had a lot of my students, you know, ask me what social medias I was on and it it broke so many rules to, to be friends with your students. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I kind of said, well, you know, it doesn't matter because I'm not going to be friends with you on it. And they said, "Well, you got an Instagram," and I was like, "Yeah, I have an Instagram." And I said, "You know, I've got a Facebook." And they're like, "Facebook, Facebook's for old people." You know, that's just oh. kind of and so and now even my generation is seeing these new platforms that only about half of us are are getting into. Like, I've got friends that are all over TikTok. You know, right. Colleen, Colleen is on TikTok, and you know that's kind of become the big way. The younger, like college and younger mm-hmm.
1: generations,
0: are communicating, and I just have no interest in downloading it. I, you know, I, I think the videos are funny, but they're right. on every other platform too. Like TikTok reels are also on Instagram, so I just watch them on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and then I tried to start an Instagram account for Trendy. And almost no one follows it <laughs> because I'll say in the church announcements, Hey, remember to, to check out our Instagram and only like 2% of the congregation even shows any remote sign of recognition of, of what that mm-hmm. is, you know? And so we really do get most of our communication out via Facebook because
1: that's, with what our people co- are doing. Our,
0: that's, that's what the, the people who are the mm-hmm. ages of our congregants that's where they're looking. That's where their social media life is. And so, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it is interesting to to see what generations are
1: drawn to what platforms. Well, and I think that, you know, one of the realities too, because so much of the social media stuff is, I mean, in the scheme of history, very brand new. Mm -hmm. And so the technology is there, but kind of our ethical thinking about it hasn't really caught up. I mean, you know, sort of what are the boundaries of it? I mean, we saw some of that with, you know, um, you know, some Trump tweets and all that kind of stuff where, you know, people did say, whoa, there, there is some kind of line in the sand here, you know, right, yeah. can't say this, but but so like, but who determines that line in the sand? You know, is it the, mm-hmm. the company that owns the social media? Is it um, just the whole community rising up and saying... <laughs> Yeah, no, no. that's that sort of <laughs> no, people that sort of breaks some kind of social commandment that we have. Yeah, um, so I think partly, um, partly that's what's going on. The one thing I know that, um, as you said a little while ago, I hear all the time. Well, nothing really goes away on social media. I believe you because I, I could, I couldn't argue differently, but I'm sure that you can research it but from from the perspective of like history and keeping archives um like i'm working on that in my congregation right now and you know going through a lot of paper and a a lot of records and just being so delighted at finding certain things Mm -hmm. um that people didn't know were there and it tells more of your history and i'm like you know with everybody kind of communicating via emails and posts and things like that you know where's the you know where's the scrapbook on that stuff i mean you know that we can that we can pass down to generations i mean when i find stuff that has um my dad's handwriting yeah you know cuz it's so recognizable It is, (laughs) you know, and now, you know, every bit we're going to lose people's handwriting. Yeah. Because we're not going to see it. And so few people like, um, you know, write cards or write letters that they mail Mm -hmm. or anything Mm -hmm. like that. So I, I I trust that we'll figure that piece out in terms of how do we, how do we gather that kind of, especially the personal stuff. I mean, Mm -hmm you know, the, the national stuff and the wider community, I think that'll be there, but even like, even like, um, congregational records, I think, Mm -hmm. um, you know, can really, can really be lost. And, um, yeah, let me just say, um, but here's kind of an example of, um, that just fascinated me. And then I want to talk, then I'd like to talk more about, um, some more pastoral care stuff and how we care for each other. Uh, Mm -hmm. through, through communications but so we're going through a lot of um records and and things like that that we have at our congregation and partly they have lost um some of their parish um register information in the switchover that seemed to have occurred around 2005 2008 from keeping everything by hand to keeping it in the computer and so we're we're having to deal with that and then we've got all kinds of stuff like, um, you know, old Sunday school record books, like every class, you mm-hmm. know, has, you know, here's the role of people check. They were here this Sunday, you know, little Susie gave 25 cents. You know, I mean, yeah. I remember those when I was a kid. And so, you know, some of the older people were saying, you know, we've got we've got tons of those. Do we really need to keep those? Seems right. like they they just are not valuable. And so the historian part of me said, yes, they are. I can't exactly tell you how they might be used by somebody, Mm -hmm. but they are a communication tool. So then I was having dinner with our friend Peter, who teaches um, uh, music history um, on the university level and is a huge um, Mozart expert. Mm -hmm. So I was having dinner with Peter, and I know he's writing this big book on Mozart, and he's been doing all kinds of research. And so I said, Peter, can you give me an example of how something that looks kind of boring and unimportant Uh could actually be used to discover something? And immediately he's, I I knew he would have like 50 things he could think of (laughs) related to Mozart's life. So, but here, here's the example he gave. So he said, you know, back in the 1700s, there were people who, just like my ancestors did too, you know, they kept diaries here again, writing stuff down. Mm -hmm. They kept diaries and very often at the beginning of each entry each day, they would say what the weather was. (laughs) And then yeah. there were people, my great-grandfather did that. You know, you always knew whether it was raining or it was super cold or whatever, because they would tell you. And then um, he said there were also people that um, liked to record the barometric pressure of the day because they had, mm-hmm. you know, they had the technology. And so they were all excited right. about it. <laughs> so anyway, Mozart dies. And his, um, he has a funeral at the church. And then was buried at the graveyard, wherever that was in Vienna.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so um, it was noted that his family did not attend the burial. They were there for the church service, but they did not attend the burial.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: the records uh, in terms of what the family said about that was they said, we didn't attend the burial because the weather was so bad. hmm. Well, all of these people who kept records of what the weather was like on what happened to be his funeral day, say the weather was beautiful. Yeah. So where what's the reason for the disconnect? Well, mm-hmm. my friend Peter speculates that um, because Mozart died in great debt and in poverty. And one of the things that happened often to people who died in debt is that the bailiff would show up at their funeral or at their burial and arrest the body and sometimes arrest the family until the debt could be paid. And so he speculates that that's the real reason why the family didn't go to the funeral. Wow. Um, was was because they were afraid that they or the body might be arrested. Later on, they changed that law so you could no longer do that. Yeah. But that's where this supposedly insignificant, you know, looking stuff is used by researchers to, to do that. And I'm thinking about, you know, the records that we're keeping now. I mean, this is going to be a significant time. Yeah, you know, it's a COVID-19 pandemic. What did congregations do? How did health workers react? You know, Mm -hmm. um, you know, so, you know, maybe they can go back and, you know, some doctoral student at some time is going to be looking at uh, worship attendance patterns or something like that, or how, how congregations reacted, how congregations communicated Mm -hmm. um, or didn't, Uh, during this time and how it made a difference so I do worry about the how we maintain um, all of these uh, electronic uh, I mean think about the significant stuff that's said by text message Mm -hmm. and I just delete that once I feel like the conversation's over yeah but it's never really deleted okay I mean man (laughs) somebody's gonna have to really research the stuff maybe they can (laughs)
0: They will be able to. Well, there's also like, I mean, they've already, you know, had, you know, pretty significant um, um, tracking, you know, like your memories and things like that. Like I have an app called TimeHop right? And so it links up to all of my social medias and my camera roll in my phone. And so it'll tell me like, this is what you posted a year ago. This is what you posted five years ago. Okay. And so for example, it's telling me that a year ago I posted on Facebook on Friday. Uh, it was a Friday at five forty PM. My Facebook status was okay. So I just need to say something. Aquaman is possibly the worst movie ever made.
1: I remember that post.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's true. It's terrible. And then, you know, there's also pictures of me taking Iggy for a run. And <laughs> and then two years ago, I apparently was moving out of my office at Nativity and Bend. And, you know, so it's like it's, your
1: diary's talking to you.
0: Exactly. And you know, it also um You know, like I've got posts from four years ago, five years ago, let's see how far we go back. Seven, seven years ago, I bought milk chocolate covered peanut butter pretzels from Publix and I posted about it on Instagram at 8 PM. Um, and then eight years ago, 10 years ago, I, I, this on this day, 10 years ago, I landed in South Africa, um, let's see and then they also do things at the very end which is pretty cool called retro videos so you know they they show like oh here's a uh, a speech martin luther king gave and and all that oh, kind okay. of stuff so mm-hmm. you know they're 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 finding great ways to document uh, these okay, things okay so you're
1: saying you're saying i shouldn't worry
0: i don't think you should worry as much as you do but i do think you, you made a great point about like the handwriting, things uh-huh. like that. I mean, they're, they are showing that more and more kids actually have terrible penmanship right. because they so rarely write. They're, uh-huh. they're always, they're always typing. And so, but I also know, you know, my generation, which doesn't always get credit for this. Um, I'm really big into sending cards um, you know, mm-hmm. friends, friends of mine as well, sending a postcard when you're traveling. Um, I've been keeping a journal since I was in seventh grade. I've got a whole drawer full
1: of them. Yeah. That's um, awesome.
0: They're not quite as interesting as, as great, great grandpa Joseph's are. Cause I'm not, oh, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't,
1: he well. wouldn't have thought he wouldn't have thought his were interesting. <laughs> Nobody thinks they're interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Just- I do
0: try. I have been trying lately to write more about what's going on in the wider world
1: not just and you're, like, in your perspective that's yeah, helpful
0: and, and not just you know um went on a first date today you know or something mm-hmm. like that but mm-hmm. um you know i, re- or, I remember
1: uh, i remember when um when president kennedy was shot um because my dad your grandpa um you know, I think kept journals pretty well. You know, he, he really, you know, he had great interest in being remembered. So he did, <laughs> um, but he had his little journal of some sort with him. He was actually um, driving for work, you know, traveling to some part in the state, getting water samples for DHEC or something. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so he heard on the radio Um mm that Kennedy had been shot and he pulled over on the side of the road and started writing in his journal
0: Oh wow. about,
1: about it. Yeah. And so we yeah. still have that, you know, that kind of stuff I think is, so it's not just the, just like I kind of said with the robo calls, it's not just the, um, the calendar information that you want to share, mm-hmm. but, um, perspectives and how things affect you emotionally, mm-hmm. um, acknowledge what's going on. And uh, I think that's, um, that's really one of the gifts that, um, that I think congregations can, you know, can bring and pastors can bring, too. Um, yeah. But in many ways, um, one of the things that I think I've gotten, that I've gotten better and better at um, as I've gotten more experienced and, and, and older is... I'm no longer afraid of the tough conversations to have with people, um, mm-hmm. you know, because a lot of communication that works and works well really comes down to um, just inviting people um, to be heard, that which is what most people want when they talk about, you know, communications are bad or I don't know what's going on or they're just people are just, you know, some people are just by nature curmudgeons. <laughs> and, and other people are legitimately sometimes upset by things and they need stuff mm-hmm. explained, mm-hmm. but you know, no email, no text message, no robocall call will do what is needed for a lot of us, which is to just have somebody sit down and talk to us one-on-one or be that pastor in a family talking to each other, letting people be heard Um, Because a lot of times that's what makes people grumpy when they feel like nobody cares, which is uh, also code language for nobody's listening to me. My opinion, my opinion doesn't matter. And when you can just give them some space to say what they need to say and then show that you have heard them, you might not agree with them and you might say, I hear what you're saying you're probably not going to be able to do anything about that. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, if somebody tells me that they just don't believe that women should be pastors or what have you, there's, I can listen to that. And I can, um, I can try to understand what their points are. And I can let them know that I still care about them, but I can't do anything about the fact that I'm a woman pastor. Right. Yeah all the, all the listening and caring in the world is just not going to make that any different.
0: Yeah. I hear um, you, but (laughs) um, Mm -hmm. we're kind of stuck in this here now.
1: Right. And I think that um, a lot of times, um, and this might be true of, you know, bosses and workplaces and all of that, we all feel stressed and busy. And, um, you know, we don't always want to give give that time to people. And I think one of the the ways in which pastors are different from other professionals, (laughs) this may be also part of our emotional downfall, but is, you know, when people come in to talk to us, they're not paying money to talk to us directly, Mm -hmm. right? We're not charging by the hour Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. to have this counseling session with them, nor are we saying, well, we only have an hour Um, you know, it's like your therapist, your counselor, your doctor, the attorney, whatever, you know, they have put you in for a certain amount of time. And when that time is up, they're going to stand up and they're going to expect you to stand up and wrap it up and maybe make a a next appointment. Mm -hmm. Um, whereas we're stuck, we're, you're stuck. I try to you know, feel like it's easier for me to go to their place, because then I can stand up and say, you know, you know, great conversation, you know, can we have a prayer before I go?
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um,
1: Because if once they come into your office, then it's up to them to decide to leave. So, but, you know, and I realized that a lot of folks have really, really limited patience for that. Yeah. And, and if, and you know there there have been people not a lot but there have been some that because they're just really angry about something um i have or because they are just so mean and they're in hurtful in their language i have decided things like i'm never going to visit them by myself mm-hmm. again take somebody yeah. else um, Or I'm not going to meet with this person, you know, in in my office, you know, by myself, because I need to have somebody else here um, to support this, to support this conversation and to also hear it. Yeah. You know, what each of us, what each of us have said. Even Matthew says
0: that's a good idea. You know, Mm -hmm. in the gospel of Matthew, it says, you know, if you have a problem with another Christian, go to them and take someone with you.
1: Right, right. So, Who's just kind
0: of a this is these communication issues have been around for thousands of years. Yes, as long as there have been
1: human beings. So but social I mean, media
0: isn't completely to blame.
1: No, we're always looking for excuses for our bad behavior, but you know yep, it's exactly. just sin. It's just sin, people. Mm-hmm, um, exactly. That's why God is so important. And then also the, you know, the, um, the one thing that, you know, some older parishioners especially say to me is, you know, why is it that younger pastors just won't visit, you know, and, um, that's a tough one. I'm guilty Um, of
0: that. I'm guilty of that. So can you say why? So I don't know if I can say why necessarily, but I, I do think that. A side effect of, you know, technological advances in communication
1: Mm.
0: is, you know, I think, I think we base how we communicate with people on how we like to be communicated with. I think you're right. And so, you know, my generation, we are pretty like, obviously a phone call or a visit or something like that is always going to be preferable. I would say, Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, I like talking on the phone. I'm one of those people where I could sit on the phone for three hours with somebody, um, and, and have a great conversation, but I also, so I also like, I, I also find, you know, a a lot of, a lot of, uh, comfort in just texting with somebody. I think sometimes Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily have the energy to, to, to chat with someone or, or mm-hmm. anything like that, but being able to text, you still feel connected, but you're not like extending yourself beyond what mm-hmm. your energy level is. And so I think that just has kind of become the norm, um, for, <laughs> for a lot of people, there's this great scene in, in the office, uh, which is, um, the, one of the best shows ever created, but, uh, <laughs> a, a girl named Kelly, who is kind of The office is like, you know, token trendsetter, you know, she knows what's going on with, with, with the world or not the world, but she knows what's going on in, 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 you know, uh, the social media world. She understands all those kind of things. And, and at one point she's sitting in the conference room with Jim and he's figuring out how to text back something in kind of a, a tricky situation. And he goes, you know what? I should just call him. And Kelly goes, you want to call someone that texted you? Do you want to drive them away? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. They'll never text you again.
0: And it's so true. I mean, it's like, I mean, I've, I've dated folks before that all of a sudden they're calling me and I'm like, why are they calling me? <laughs> like, wh- What is happening? And so I do think um, it's, it's this interesting paradox, because we are a generation that has put our personal lives out in the universe more than any other. Right. But at the same time, I think what little privacy we do have is fiercely protected. And mm. so I'm always of the thought that I'm not just going to drop in on somebody.
1: Right, I, I don't either. Because I, I used hate, to, I
0: would hate that if someone just showed up at my house. And so I always try to call or text and set up mm-hmm. an appointment. And I think there are people, you know, in my congregation. Which this was, we proved this. We did it. We did something called God Squad that we're going to keep going um, through the pandemic, where a group of uh, older women from the congregation um, made little care packages for each family in our directory and like hand delivered them mm-hmm. and, you know, had masks on. No, they made a rule where they didn't go into anyone's house. They just chatted on the porch or they just left the care package there. If people weren't home or whatever. And, and the reaction that they got was so incredible. People were like almost in tears um, just getting this visit. And a lot of that is a side effect of the pandemic and, and quarantine, right. but you know, we heard a lot of pastor stan and i were really grateful because we heard a lot of feedback from people saying i want someone to visit me and i think you know pastoring has changed so much over the years and like there's so much more community outreach that needs to be done um, evangelism different meetings Um, a lot of, a lot more administration, just the communication we do can take half a day. I mean, cause if, if we have something to communicate to the congregation, we do it on Facebook. We do it with a phone call. We do it with an email. We text the people that need to know first, or we call the people that need to know first. And so just sending out one message becomes a two hour long task. Um, and then it's like, oh, we should probably write up something for the newsletter. Oh, we got to make sure we put this in the bulletin. Um, And so I think, I think there's less and less time dedicated to just going to somebody's house and sitting with Mm -hmm. them, you know, and, and, and I think that's just a natural progression of church life and community. Most people come to church on Sundays and that's when they do their churching. And if Mm -hmm. they don't hear from their pastor throughout the week, they're fine with it. But there are people, there are people that are like, if they don't hear from the pastor personally once a week they no longer feel taken care of and that's definitely an older generational thing but because i mean i'm i'm in a facebook message group with all the young mothers in my congregation i probably hear yeah. from them da- i probably hear from them daily and and that's that's the form of communication that they uh-huh. appreciate and then, you know, there's other people that I try to call, you know, once every two weeks, or I try to go take commute, like there's a couple of people that I 100% just drop in on, you know, they're, you know, one in particular, she lives in an assisted living home. She's really not doing much every day. So me yeah. just showing those up are places for-
1: you don't have to make appointments. For. Well, you do now yeah. in COVID, but
0: yeah, with COVID you do, but you know, so I think, I think a lot of it is just because there are so many communication options Mm-hmm. You have to figure out what each individual person appreciates.
1: That's right. And that's what I meant in the beginning about communicating on seven or eight channels. Mm-hmm. And that, that is, it's exhausting. Let's just say it. I mean, it's exhausting thinking about, you know, you send out something to, um, you know, six people on a committee via email and only one responds back. Mm-hmm. Or in my case, I would say my 15 confirmation families, you know, send out yeah. this big, this big, okay, here's what we're going to be doing for the fall. I need you guys to get back to me on whether this day is okay. Or if this event, blah, 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 you know, like have two questions. I just want them to answer yes or no to, mm-hmm. and you know, like one person responds, but, and so you're like, do I take this as a yes or a no? And, and I'm like, okay, are these some people that just like don't read anything that comes via email mm-hmm. <laughs> or they
0: read it and then it's been open. So you don't have that little notification bubble anymore. And then you forget it's there. That happens to me all the time.
1: Yeah. So there's just so much stuff like that, but I wanted to say that I, um, you know, like one thing that's changed for me Uh, is uh, really understanding the wonderful, wonderful benefit of texting Mm -hmm. um, for pastoral care purposes. I mean, I know that when texting first kind of started as a communication tool, of course, a lot of people weren't using it in the beginning, or a lot of people that I was ministering with weren't using it. And I was just thinking, you know, that's, that's a terrible way to communicate. That's so, so impersonal. Mm-hmm. I still don't like when I, you know, get you know, happy birthday texts from people that I would expect a card from. But you know, you give that up after a while. Hey, like me hey. and Colleen,
0: like me right. and Colleen. Yeah, um, no, we hold on a second. You, you you breezed over that really quickly, like you didn't throw a fit a couple years <laughs> when you were like, well. I didn't get a birthday card from you or your sister. And it's mm. like, yeah, but I wrote a touching Facebook tribute to you <laughs> with yeah. like 10 pictures from throughout my life as your kid and how I much I love and appreciate you. It's public. It's a public pronouncing Like I, I public pronouncement. Yes. I love. And you, you know what? I'm
1: almost there now. I'm almost okay. there now <laughs> thinking that that's okay. So um, now
0: I've learned I have to do both. I, I got to. Well, Face oh no don't don't
1: try birthday to get yeah I think birthday yeah
0: a <laughs> Facebook post
1: the card the text <laughs> the phone call Mary that's Mary right
0: wants all four <laughs> let me just say
1: I require all seven channels of communication yep. <laughs> oh, note to gosh. self no but to I self. slowly yeah so I one of the things that I do um love about texting, and this is something that, you know, in your pastor's report to counsel, you know, mm-hmm. you can't even put down, you know, cause like I record for them, you know, the visits that I've made in the hospital visits that I've mm-hmm. made, cause I know that's still important. Um yeah. Yeah. But, you know, what, you know, emailing people and texting people is really how I mostly communicate. And that's not mm-hmm. really recorded anywhere, except in the cloud or something, at least. But it's 100% uh, recorded. Yes. Okay. It is 100% recorded, <laughs> except not in a place where I can share it with my lay leaders. No, you, could. A you blessing. I mean, I just love the fact that, you know, I feel like the Holy Spirit sometimes puts stuff through my mind, you know, I was, people or a situation and so I'm at a stoplight and I can just text them very quickly and say hey I was just um just thinking about you and wondering you know if you're feeling better today Mm -hmm. and you know knowing that that's a person that likes to communicate via text or will respond because that's certainly Mm -hmm. not everybody. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, and and just the appreciation that they often give back, like, it means so much to me that you checked in on me, or the young um, assistant principal uh, in the congregation that I knew was so stressed out about starting school. So she's in a new job, new school, and then, you know, all the COVID stuff and all that. And so, I've I've been checking in on her about once a week, just via text, you know, hope it's going okay this week, hope the, you know, hope the week hasn't been Mm -hmm. too awful. And she just really, really appreciates that. And, and that's also the kind of stuff that people share and talk to each other about. Yeah. And uh, and I
0: mean, you know, that's, that I think means a lot to, to anyone in any generation, you know, I mean, just mm -hmm. to know that you cross that person's mind for a moment. And I think a lot of people too recognize that most pastors are thinking through or caring for 50 to 200 people at a time. Mm -hmm. And so knowing that out of all that's going on in their communication world, they decided to reach out to you in some way is a big deal. I mean, I know that when I get a text message from my Bishop, Bishop Kevin saying, Mm -hmm. Hey, I know you had a rough week. How you doing? that means a lot to me. Cause I mean, the bishops are like our pastors. And so, uh, you know, I'm not expecting to hear from him all the time. He's, he's bishoping, you know, four States worth of Lutherans, but, you know, just knowing that I, he, he, he took the time to, to text me, you know, and ask. And, and I think too, a lesson to be learned as well, that some people, you know, some people understand and some people don't is, you have to be then prepared for them to call or to have a text conversation for, you know, a, a little bit, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's kind of rough when you like check in with somebody and then they respond back and then you disappear <laughs> for a while. You still have to be ready to to put something into that conversation, but it still, mean, it still means a lot to, to just know that, you know, oh, they're, they're, they were thinking about me for a minute. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, that well, sense. and I think
1: part of it is, um, and your bishop, Kevin, and I have talked about this before. It's really just about being attentive,
0: mm-hmm. you know, like
1: noticing what's, you know, what's going on. And, you know, I mean, even stuff like if you, if you look in the bulletin, you're like, oh, so-and-so um, gave altar flowers um, because this is the first anniversary of their husband's death this week. Mm-hmm. You know, just sending them something or giving them a shout out, or you know, mm-hmm. how are you doing, or something like that. I mean, that, that's what I mean by just paying attention.
0: Yeah, yeah. I um, recently bought little cards that are like from the desk of Pastor Elise. Yeah, um, and those are really I'll send, I'll send one or two a week. Like we had a woman in our congregation whose dog died last week, and. Mm-hmm. Her dog was incredibly important to her, so both That's Stan, people. Stan, and I both called her, and then I sent her a little card as well, and I signed it mm-hmm. from myself and from Iggy. Um, oh, sweet! And so I'm sure I'm I'm hoping that that brings some comfort and things like that. But, but yeah, I mean, I think I think we're we're blessed to be able to communicate in so many ways. It also is a little bit of a curse. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I think too, as pastors, we are in such a fishbowl in the best of times. And then, you know, we really do have to figure out in what way we use our social media. Um, I know for me being in the athletic training program at Florida state, we were told very early, we have people that check the social media accounts of everyone in the athletic department, because at Florida state, the views and the reputations of people in the athletic department is a very big deal. It's a huge, it's a huge sports school. So I knew from very young, not to put pictures of myself drinking or, or, you know, doing anything crazy on that social media site, it put my degree in jeopardy. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, not drawing those boundaries with my athletes. Um, And then when I, you know, taught high school at when i got back from south africa you know not making sure my profile was hidden so my students couldn't find me um because let me tell you high schoolers can find you okay yeah it is it is they are like little hackers all of them it is insane And so, you know, even with all these privacy settings, they were like, Oh, miss a, we found you on Facebook. I'm like, how, how did you find me on Facebook? (laughs) Um, but, you know, and so, you know, going into ministry, I kind of already had those parameters set up in my head, but I still messed up. I mean, I still, Mm -hmm. I still have come across situations where, you know, stuff I've posted or announcements I made about my life just caused an uproar in, in my communities and people questioning my lifestyle and and things like that, which in a lot of ways are incredibly ridiculous assumptions, but looking at it from their perspective of if I was only looking at my Facebook page, what would I think about my life? You know, what, 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 what assumptions would I make about who I am and and how I spend my time? And so, you know, we, we do have to be extra careful to not get riled up about certain things. Cause I mean, I've made assumptions about parishioners based on, you know, political statements that they've posted, or, you know, I've seen some things on parishioners, Facebook pages, past and present where I'm like, are they listening? Like, How, how, how are you, how do you think this way? Because they're completely different in person. And so it's like, it's like, hold, hold on. I I know that you care about people and I know that you're a loving person and that you care about God and and you want to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. But then you put this thing on Facebook that is basically demeaning the humanity of another person.
1: Mm -hmm. Who who are you? Yeah, right. You're being very Inconsistent. (laughs)
0: Exactly. No. So, so it's a blessing and a curse for sure. Um, and, and, and it is helpful to kind of keep track of parishioners lives, but you know, I recently made the decision to, to pretty much, um, kind of purge my friend list to just have my Facebook as, as a personal page, um, which, you know,
1: that's has already, fine.
0: which is fine. Um, it's already, you know, kind of caused me to miss out on a couple things. Um, you know, I had to be told that that woman's dog died. And, and I asked Stan mm-hmm. how he figured it out. He goes, well, she posted on Facebook. And I was like, ah, gosh, yeah, that first casualty. Died. Yeah. First casualty, you know, and then I do have kind of a funny story before. I think we might want to wrap it up here soon. Right. But, um, about just how much of a shitstorm communication can be. So, <laughs> so yesterday, and I'm going to change people's names, even though I'm sure they're fine with me telling the story, but So yesterday I'm, I'm working from home in the afternoon and I'm writing my sermon and I get a phone call from Stan and he's off on Friday. So I was like, Oh my God, the church burned down. Like, you know, (laughs) something, something crazy. And he, I pick up and he's like, Hey, I just got a text message from, um, Mary and, and please remember all these names have been changed for the protection of people's identities. Um, I just got a text message from Mary and Kathy Kathy Scott died. And I'm like, what? We just saw her a couple of days ago. She was fine. She was bringing her great nieces to church. Like just somebody that everybody just adores. Like what? And like, yeah, she had some health problems, but she's dead. And so, you know, it was kind of like, we got to get to the bottom of this. So it became this like massive, um, investigation. And, and, you know, here's a great example of how weird being a pastor can be having to call someone's friends and family and say, Hey,
1: we just heard,
0: we (laughs) just heard so-and-so died. Is that true? (laughs) Because you're going to cause panic. You're going to cause, you know, you know, or, or people are just going to be confused because they're like, they're sitting right next to me. What are you talking about? Oh, God. And so we had I guess to you like, could just say, Hey, how's everything going? I know. And then you're like, why are you calling me? Well, we heard Kathy died. Um, and so, you know, so we're, we're, we're calling people that we know kind of had found out about this. So basically what happened is, a bunch of women from our congregation and previous members are all in this book club together. And one of the book club members who does kind of struggle with like early onset dementia oh. email, emailed the book club saying I'm I'm sorry to tell you all but Kathy Kathy Scott died last night. So then they all panic and start calling me and Stan because, you know, mm-hmm you know, all of that. And so we're having to find these people. And then we, f- I finally hear back from this woman's neighbor, um, Kellyanne, who's just like, yeah, no, she's fine. She was like partying on a boat all day. <laughs> we're just like, we're like, okay, okay. Okay. So then we have to call all those people back and say, stop grieving. Stop, stop calling people. Kathy's not dead. Um, and then uh Kathy actually called me herself later that afternoon and she was she was such a good sport about it she goes hi pastor lee it's Kathy from the great beyond <laughs> oh no <laughs> and i'm like i'm like hey i do think i do want you to know that while in the very short amount of time, we all thought you were dead. We were all very sad. Right. <laughs> Do you want to see your
1: obituary? Yeah.
0: You know, I mean, Stan and I were this close to sending out a voice message oh to the my congregation. Gosh.
1: Saying, so the, the source really was the, the guy with dementia just screwing up. Yeah, that's what we well, think. Well, see, yeah. in all this communication stuff, I mean, there's just a variable. Boom, what dementia will do. So,
0: right, exactly. So, we, communication is. Oh is, my gosh! Know, I and like my thing is I I preach this literally and figurative, figuratively all the time that you can never, you, you can never go you can never go down the wrong path with transparency. You know, I think you do have to be, (laughs) you do have to be cautious about what you expose, but I think a lot of, um, uh, a lot of issues caused by institutional mistrust that all Mm -hmm. stemmed from a lack of transparency. And so I'm, I'm real big, I'm real big on communication and and you know, I've been through a lot of therapy that I helped <laughs> help me figure out how to communicate in my personal life. And I will say uh being direct and clear uh has helped me build successful relationships in in ways that, you know, being timid and and scared to hurt someone's feelings did not. So uh, yes be direct people. If you Mm -hmm. have an issue with your pastor, go to that pastor and talk to them. It's, it will be okay. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and
1: vice versa. If you, if, Mm -hmm. you know, if anybody has a problem with anybody else, it just nip it in the bud, you know, you know, do the old, you know, talk to each other, not about each other. Mm -hmm. Um, it's still like, you know, the platinum rule out there. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, it works like a
0: charm every time. And, and, and never, never compare apples to oranges. There's so many studies that show don't compare your life to someone's social media life because we're all only posting the best things very, That's right. it, it, it has just recently become acceptable to post on social media when things aren't going well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my generation is really spearheading that where we're okay with airing our dirty laundry um, mm-hmm. in ways that previous generations aren't. And so, you know, never just fester in your own assumptions, say, Hey, I saw this on, on Facebook. I saw this on Instagram, like what's going on, you know, you doing okay. Right. Cause no one's going to put something on social media to keep it a secret. Yes. You know,
1: they're, everybody- not gonna be surpri- they're not going to be surprised. They're not going to be surprised that, you know, they're not going to be surprised mm-hmm. that you reach out Exactly. Uh, or so, call so- the police, depending on what, you know, <laughs> What's going Um, on?
0: I mean, exactly, exactly. Nothing is, uh, nothing is ever worth just if you, if you've got a gut check feeling about something on social media, uh it's always worth checking out. So many times we hear from, you know, news stories about someone who did something extreme and you go back and look at their social media and you're like, Oh, these were breadcrumbs. Yep. These were breadcrumbs. So, so, Uh you know, let's Let's try to make this form of communication more of a blessing than a curse, I think is that's right all very
1: it is all very complicated. we acknowledge that it's mm-hmm. exhausting, and yet it still must be done
0: yep and you have know, that gener, and, have that generational patience you know millennials boomers aren't going to communicate with you the same way and 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 boomers,
1: millennials are are always going to rather text. <laughs> That's right. And if you try to call them when they have just texted you and they don't answer, Grandma, don't get all upset. You know, I mean, exactly. This is, I hear that so often. He mm-hmm. just texted me, and then I called him, and he didn't even answer the phone. That's like probably, was probably in class. Probably- <laughs>
0: But, but I, you know, is, it's not a,
1: sig- it's not a signal that I'm no. available to talk to you. You know, exactly. there's so much to learn across <laughs> generations. Know. Oh my God. I am available to talk
0: to you in this avenue. I am Because not I'm texting to to
1: you me. underneath the table. <laughs>
0: right. Exactly. <laughs> oh, I know. And, you know, that's kind of one of the things too, is like, I've got, you know, I've noticed too, that I can multitask in ways that some Mm-hmm. older generations just can't. I mean, I can flip the slides through service while leading the service. And, <laughs> and, and this is not an insult to Stan, you know, if he's listening or if anyone else is, but Stan just cannot do that. And right. and, and, and he's admitted to me, he's like, I can't, I can't flip the slides. While I'm trying to read the scripture. So, you know, this and that. And I'm like, it is tough, but you know, I'm 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 okay with that. I'm more comfortable with that. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I can be in a meeting and be completely involved, but also texting someone, you know, you know, hey, let's have this for dinner, and then like boom, go back into the meeting. But if so and so calls me, I'm in a meeting, don't call me. (laughs) You know. Right. So, uh, no. so yeah, it's, it's a fascinating thing. Still, sure. still
1: so much to learn, but, but clearly I think, you know, um, just always put commu- good communication, transparent communication at the heart of everything that you do. Yeah, um, we don't have to get all upset about, you know, why should these people, you know, need to know this or that, you know, mm-hmm You'll just, you'll get tripped up more often by not being transparent than being too transparent. I mean, we're not talking about walking around nude here. We're just talking about being yourself and letting people know what's going on. um, Letting us know,
0: letting us know when you want to hear from us. Like that's the other thing is pastors are not telepathic. We don't know you're in the hospital unless someone tells us you're in the hospital. (laughs) We don't know you need to talk to us unless you tell us (laughs) to talk to us.
1: (laughs) And it could be they don't want the pastor to know that's legit too. Totally. Yeah. We don't need
0: to know everything about your life. I'm fine with that. That's right. I'm fine praying with you after (laughs) everything happens, you know, it's all good.
1: But. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening everybody and mm-hmm. um, keep those communications going. Um, absolutely work on work on every channel that you can because they're all important. And, mm-hmm. um, and if you get exhausted by it, just go, um, what I do is, uh, at the end of a long day, sometimes I just go take myself for, um, uh, an ice cream cone from McDonald's on my way home at late at night. And, yeah. uh, okay. <laughs> you know, just let that be your little treat, and you yep. know, just keep going. Put,
0: put your phone down, go for a walk, and and just think. Right. just ha- just be uh just be with yourself for a minute or two. Yep, yeah, yep. You can work that into you
1: and keep that exactly. communication with God going as well.
0: All right, exactly. Well, um, thanks everybody for for listening to this episode five of You're On Mute. Um, another big thank you to Malachi Doran for the um, uh, jazzy shimmers that you are currently. Hopefully, um, and uh, we'll get a next episode out when we can. Someone's right. on a two-week vacation,
1: so it's yeah, uh, and not taking might, my computer. Might, so there that's you right. go.
0: Might be a little bit, bit but we'll be back uh, with another episode of You're On Mute sooner rather than later. And uh, blessings to all of you. Hope you uh, hope you have a great couple weeks.
1: Indeed. Take care, everybody. Bye bye. Yep.